0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prevention Nation, where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. I'm Caitlin Widenfield. And I'm Roy Letts. Welcome back to Prevention Nation. It's Roy here, and uh, we have a super special guest. This is going to be a spotlight um, episode where we're going to introduce to you listeners um, our outgoing executive director and our incoming executive director. So part one of this is going to be um, saying farewell to Jane. Jane, Jane Kahn. Um, introduce yourself uh, how long have you been director here
1: i've been the director for 10 years um, started here back in um, 2000 and oh my gosh goes way back 13 2013. Um, Served as the uh, Violence-Free Coalition, which is our prevention work, which, of course, you know a lot about. Yeah, I know a little bit about it. And uh, then I became the executive director. So really serving in the role of executive director, nine years.
0: Nine years, okay. Um, I think one of the things that Caitlin and I talked about, and our listeners, you may notice that Caitlin's on here today. So she's teaching. She's um, out there doing the great work that we do. But um, one of the things that her and I were most interested was learning why did you step into this position what was what was your calling into this position
1: um, I was called to the position that is for sure you know having worked for the agency um, before stepping into the lead the the leadership role of being responsible for everything um, and having the advantage of being able to, um, lead and inspire amazing staff over these past nine years. Um, I, I just, I cared so much about the mission of the work. I actually never came to the agency anticipating to be the executive director. Really. Um, and to be honest with you, I left the agency after two and a half years of serving in the prevention role. I just felt my work had kind of been, Hit a, hit a peak and I had an opportunity to do something else. So I was actually gone from the agency for about 11 months and a prior board director, um, president of the board at that time, Mr. Jack Colopy, um called me at home and said he really would like to, to speak with me and let me know that the prior executive director had submitted her resignation. She had served the agency for 27 years and um, they they were looking for somebody, and and um, when he called, the timing worked out well for me to give great consideration to stepping back into at that time the abuse and rape crisis shelter. Yeah, and you remember that I sure do. And um, saying okay, timing Tommy, timing's right now. Let's go for it.
0: Yeah. So you say uh, the previous director was Janet, correct?
1: Janet Hoffman. Um.
0: So. What did you, when you were sitting there thinking about this person who has been in this role for 27 years and now you're going to step into this role, I mean that had to have been a, a big responsibility, a personal responsibility you felt, what did you see yourself bringing to this?
1: You know, the Janet brought so many wonderful things to the agency and if you go back to um, when the agency was found back in 1984, I believe she came to the agency maybe in 86, so she had been with us for a very long time. Um, I don't have the advantage of being an insider there. Yeah. However, I had the privilege of working as a colleague with Janet um, when I was with the Warren County Prosecutor's Office, and um, so we were part of the Coordinated Council of Domestic Violence Sexual Assault. She and I co-wrote a couple grants together. Um, we sat on several committees together. And, and then, of course, uh, my role at the prosecutor's office was the director over the um, advocacy program. And so anytime we had victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, it intersected with the work of the Abuse and rape Crisis Shelter, now Safe on Main.
0: Well, I think that's how I met you. My work in children's services intersected with the, the the issues around domestic violence, intimate partner violence. So I think we kind of met each other through some of those ways, didn't we? That's
1: exactly how yeah. we first met. Yeah. Yes, and I thought, who <laughs> is this person? I knew you were new to the area, mm-hmm. and um, Roy, I have to tell you, it was love at first sight.
0: Oh, I feel the same way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's really I nice. I
1: knew you were uh, a strong leader and had so many positive things to bring to mm-hmm. to our Community. So when the door opened up for you to actually step inside um, and be a part of our team, we we knew it, that was a good fit.
0: Oh, I, I felt the same way about you. Absolutely. I knew you were exactly the kind of person I'd want to work for. Which, I mean, you know, not to interrupt your story about Janet, because I think that, you know, one of the things I think that you brought, um, in my impression, just my interpretation of your time here, was um, just this uh, amazing ability to create spaces for creativity and create spaces for people to develop into leader, uh, leadership roles. I never really thought of myself as doing the things I do now, but in large part I do them because you've made it possible. So,
1: yeah. Thank you. Um, and it's, it's wonderful to hear that, you know, one of the beauties of leaving is you, you get to hear all, hopefully you get to hear, but I've had the privilege of hearing, um, <laughs> a lot of positive response and how I've impacted people's lives and, and what I've been able to bring, um, to the agency, um, these, these past nine years, you know, you mentioned that personal space and I'd actually like to talk to you about that a little bit, giving people room. Um, I didn't grow up in a home where, um, I I grew up in a home with highly professional, um, appearance, but not. They weren't in professions that demanded a um, traditional work day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was in, I mean, basically nonprofit work as well, but it was ministry. And so I, I was very accustomed to that. And, and I seemed to have a natural bent toward that. Um, versus, you know, an eight-to-five or corporate scene. The other thing is that there's nothing more important to, in my life personally than um, my family. Yeah. Um, I chose many years when my kids were little not to work full-time outside the home so I could be available to that, um, to, to raising my children. And so when I had an opportunity to influence um strong, healthy families mm-hmm. and a workspace that embrace the value of personal life and family life, I took advantage of that opportunity and I thought, boy, if it's, if it's that important to me, I, I have a feeling it's that important to my staff yeah. as well. And um, I think an example of that was um, your supervisor now, Megan, Megan Crouch. Um, worked for me at the time I was her supervisor and You know, she one of her kids just a superstar athlete still in high school at the time and um, I could tell she was just Kind of blue looking and I just said hey Megan. What's what's going on here? Yeah She said "Uh, Dylan's got a game and I said, well, what are you doing here? Yeah, get out of here You go be at that game. You never get that time back. And I just believe the happier you are at home, the happier, more productive you'll be at work.
0: I, I mean, I couldn't agree with that philosophy more because, Jane, I mean, again, that's one of those things where, you know, I think that is important for our listeners to, under, to understand about what Safe on Main is. I mean, we bring people into shelter. We go into classrooms from prevention or advocacy standpoints. And our whole goal is about empowering. And so much of that empowerment is centered almost exclusively around this concept and idea of family, intimate partner violence and domestic violence affect and impact family. That's how we come into contact with people. Um, So, I mean, how how could we, you know, not, how could a director here not um, advocate for their staff's families when they're advocating for other people's families and empowerment? And that's something that I I value so much about you is that you are all about empowerment, um, empowering other people. So, So, I mean, that brings me to kind of our last point before we move on to um, our Dorico portion of the interview. But Dorico, I mean, Dorico Murray is our new executive director. He's definitely not the replacement. And I do want to clarify uh, from something you said just recently. You're not retiring. You're retiring from this position. But you're going on. You're staying a large part of the community. You're going to be an active member in the community and stuff. So that's fantastic. But retiring from here, he's taking over, not replacing. What do you see... What do you see his greatest strength that he's going to carry on from some of the stuff that the traditions that have been built here? And then what do you think he's going to bring to the agency that's new?
1: I can only speculate what he's going to bring um, based on the past month I've gotten to know Mm -hmm. Dorico. This I can say. I personally have utmost confidence that it's going to be something great and good and timely for the agency internally and externally. Um, when I first met Dorico I had the privilege of being part of the interview process um, and the minute I met him there was a connection and at the end of his interview I knew in my gut in my heart he would be the next executive director. Maybe I shouldn't steal his thunder um, oh, I'm sure he'll it, figure out his own thunder, right? It, well, yeah, he, he will. He's pretty witty. I yep. mean, um, quick, but, um, he actually withdrew his candidacy and, um, it was like somebody punched me in the stomach. We had other great candidates, Yeah, but, um, I just really believed he had what would be needed for, for this agency. And I thought, okay, well, I read that one wrong. Um, and and then he kind of came came back into the fold. We found out why he had a he had a really critical family um, member get ill, and he just felt I've got too much on my plate. I'm gonna withdraw that. But he's here. We're 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 glad about that. And I think one of the things that he brings, besides many years of experience working in the nonprofit arena, leadership, leading large teams. Um, His fiscal background's really strong, but um, I think the reason I was able to get to know Dorico as you and the other staff in such a quick time is because he's so genuinely relational. He cares about people and he listens. Um, When you're sitting and talking to him, um, he has a gift I don't have. You could tell me something and I could receive it well and hear you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recall that three weeks from now. And he'll say, you know, back when we first met and, and that time where we were talking, you said, and I'm like, whoa, is it my age? Is it just a gift you have? But um, he listens with great intent. And I think what you're going to find out is that he will take all of our staff um, and we just have a tremendous, you, you've got to admit. Um, just a tremendous group of talented people here oh i agree completely and i think what we're gonna see is dorico um mixing things up a little bit yeah. and um, putting people in a new space where they you have opportunity to grow to further heights and to maximum the talent here yeah you know Roy I'll admit when I first came here it was a completely different agency and um, you know I did more cleaning house than having the opportunity to um, really um, utilize the skill sets that were there for some but you especially inspired me to let's let's tap in. Um, let it's time to bring in staff more to give you more voice. So I think one of the fun things about moving over to the building we're in now is we began Mondays on Main. Mm-hmm. I uh, love Mondays a, on Main. I do too. And um, matter of fact, I, I may be peeking in the window this coming Monday when my code won't let me in the door. Just yeah, just I know to no, we've been be talking a part about of that. Yeah. But um, just a time to bring us all together and to hear the voice of of everybody and knowing that um, you're the ones out there doing the work. Your ideas are going to be way better than mine. Um, I still or Dorico can still say hey let, let's put the brakes on that a little bit or let's think of this but uh, you are the ones that are making safe on Maine what it is today truly.
0: Oh. Well Jane thank you so much thank you for being on here um, I know we've been having we've had conversations for a couple of years since we started the podcast Holly and I um, about having you on and um, finally, here it is on your last day of work. So, Jane, I just want to say in closing, um, I just love you. I respect you so much. I think you're an amazing person. and um, Yeah, I'm going to miss you a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to end with tears streaming yes. down our faces. <laughs> I know. But yeah. how about just um, goodbye for now. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, sounds Jane. good. Thank you. We said
0: goodbye to Jane Caitlin, and uh, you know she's uh, as our outgoing director, um, executive director. Um, we're in a new, we're in a new uh, era, and uh, I would love to introduce uh, to our podcast, to Prevention Nation, and our audience our new director, executive director, Dorico Murray. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Dorico, where'd you come from? Why'd you uh, Why'd you come here? What land did you hear?
2: Um, I come to you from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I've been working in. The social work realm, nonprofits for about 20 plus years. I came here, or I landed here actually, I was approached by a recruiter who thought that my resume fit the job description for the executive director. And I was not pursuing employment. Um, I was working with a group that was providing programs to a neighborhood that I'm very invested in Uh, because I grew up there so it was a poverty prevention program or group of programs and I was very comfortable in that space I had built the programs out Uh, we went from two and a half programs to five within a two-year space we were in the process of a building campaign to increase capacity Um, we were adding volunteers and staff regularly and we even built so many different facets into it that it turned into other departments within the organization. So we were having great success. It had gotten to a place where it really could run without me. Um, And so I I loved it. It was comfort. I had a great team. We had a great mission and we had a lot of great things going on. But um, when the recruiter reached out to me, I started to investigate Safe On Main. Um, I had previously referred clients to ARC, mm-hmm. uh, the previous name. And so I kind of knew Safe One Main as a domestic violence organization. That's all I knew, that they had a shelter. And so I did some research and, and saw some of the, uh, the growth and, and some of the work that was being done and I kind of got interested. So I took an interview uh, during that period of time and felt like, you know, it fit. But then I had some things happen in my personal life, and so I kind of backed out. Yeah,
0: I had heard. And I I think it's interesting when you say you looked at, you know, you had some history knowledge um, of Safe on Main or ARCS, but when you started looking, you weren't looking for a job, but when you started looking at Safe on Main, what about it enticed you to abandon if I can use that word, abandon this great work and project that you were building.
1: It was the TikTok, don't let him
2: lie. You sure it was the TikTok, it was you and I dancing? <laughs>
1: yes, he saw that, us dancing outside with that blue sign and he was like, that's where I wanna that's work. where I wanna work, You know, yeah.
2: the TikTok videos are amazing. Um, every time I see one, I am thoroughly impressed with the TikTok level in this organization. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, no, so if I'm being honest, uh, what drew me was so I started with Jane. Um, I always start with who's at the helm, and and so I I was kind of investigating who she was and and what things had happened under her leadership. Um, and I I got enough information to know that she had started working and, and building something that was very progressive. I saw some of the prevention work, and I was I was impressed um, at the level of, I don't know, work that was going into students in school districts and the prevention aspect of teaching those protective factors and working with kids, you know, and and thinking of it from that perspective, that this is something that impacts youth. And if we build them to a space that they can't, or at least have the skills to not be victimized, uh, that that actually could be a great tool in ending, if not decreasing, uh, domestic violence and sexual assault and things of that nature. So I started seeing that. I looked at some of the work that the shelter was doing from previous reports and I just became interested. I was really impressed and when I came down and met with some of the people here, I, I became thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Safe One Main, the one thing that I think it has going for it more than anything else is and, and this is my honest opinion, uh, the people, the people that do this work here are, are just a group of fantastic people. And I, I saw that immediately from, from being in
0: their presence or being in you guys' presence, I guess.
2: Yeah, we hear that a lot. Well, it's also something that we say a lot, that the work culture here is just so different than anywhere that we've worked previously. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we're connected, like all of my friends know who all of you guys are and they know things about you guys. because I talk about you guys so much. I spend so much time with you. I'm so excited about the work that we're doing. I talk about it way too much. <laughs> yeah. But I never had a job where my friends were like, how's Roy doing today? Like yeah, right. that's so different than anything I've experienced before. Of course, I've only been doing this work for like two and a half years, but still.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that I think you're, you're both speaking to what's kept me here for nearly six years now, which is it is this culture, that, the people. Um, I think if you supplanted all these people here and brought in a whole new crew, I don't know, I don't even know what that would look like. I don't know what that would impact, how that would impact the work. Um, I agree. The work that we're producing is because of the people that we have mm-hmm. here. So, and again, not to say that it isn't sustainable without us, of course it is, but in large part, it's sustainable because we've created it in such a way. And um, yeah, we're super excited to have you Draco. So On the yeah. flip
2: side of your question, um, I wouldn't have felt comfortable leaving if I didn't have a great team in place, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I said to one of my team leads who was um, under my leadership was that if I don't leave, you won't progress. Mm-hmm. Because the way in which I had become comfortable with mm-hmm. what we were doing, my team had also become comfortable, right? Yeah. So we, we had a young lady who was under my leadership who really probably should have been my boss, if I'm being honest, um, she was just that great. And I, I knew she would be the person who I would want Tap to, to take my, my role. And I think that was the other piece of it was, I recognized in me that when I sink into a place of comfort, it's problematic because I just start maintaining status quo. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think about innovation. I don't think about the future. I When I get into a space where I feel like we're doing the work, we are loving each other and we're doing it well, I get into this status quo and I need something that is continuously challenging me to think differently. So it allowed me to move out of the way. And since I've been gone, they're progressing. I, I still connect with them. I still check in on them and they're doing great work.
1: Yeah.
0: That's great. I, I love that. And it's just you saying that, um, you know, Megan never listens to these, uh, our, our direct supervisors, So maybe she'll be inspired to you now since I'm going to talk about her. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that, uh, I think has been so great in reference to the people here is that Megan is a is a creature of comfort she's and she's open about this quite open about this change is difficult for her and has been um and I think that's um a way in a way uh, we've all really helped her shine um and show her strengths and let her strengths come out more because we have we're a team that very much um pushes this never we I mean it doesn't seem like we fall into kind of a Uh, an easy or complacency we are i know specifically for me i'm a person that i I generally develop skills pretty rapidly and i have a tendency to get real bored i think to caitlin's point the culture here Mm -hmm. in previous jobs for me i get bored pretty rapidly if Mm -hmm. i'm not being challenged this place is um and this is going to be the lead into my next question to you but this place is and has been a place that's allowed people to Break those barriers, you know. Knock those ceilings down, um, and try new things. Be daring, willing to fail, um, and learn some lessons, um, so we can grow bigger and better. You know. So, you used the word boss and leadership in your in your last answer. We've already talked about bosses and what bosses mean, but leadership—that's an entirely different thing. Under your leadership, Dorico, where do you see this agency going in the next five years? What's your contribution? Your leadership contribution. Wow, that's that's the
2: the million dollar question. That that's sure the, is. We want to know what's that's in our future, the big boy. Um, you know, I am a man who assesses. That is, I, I consider that to be my best skill. I want to assess people. I want to assess processes. I want to assess strategies I, I just assess I assess my family sometimes they constantly tell me to stop it I bet they do. um my wife's always saying don't you social work me she's also a social worker so that's oh hard.
0: that's quite a dynamic yeah
2: yeah always social working each other anyway so um since I've been here one of the things that I've assessed is that the organization is prime for growth um growth in several different aspects one growth monetarily. I think there are avenues um, of the things that we do that we don't even recognize um, are just exceptional and monetizable. I think that the work that I've seen in prevention, if we just took opportunities to build that team and go out and teach others, you know, what we do and how we do it. I don't think there's a team that does it better than we do. And I say that when I'm in the community. I don't think there's a group of prevention professionals out there that are better than the team we have that do it better than the way our team does it. And I think that's something that we could benefit from is is utilizing those skills in other ways. Um, One, to help other nonprofits who do the work that we do, but two, to help other areas of our nonprofit gain that innovative edge. Um, so that's that's number one. Um, I also think that our work in human trafficking, um, and I, I say that lightly, hasn't been a main focus for mm-hmm. us. Um, And and I think that that's an area that we can build out, right? I think that it should be its own thing, not something that we're utilizing through our prevention team or through our shelter team or even through our legal team, but I think it it should become its own space. I think we should devote time, hours, and money to building that aspect. Um, 34 is a number that rings in my head and I talk about it everywhere I go. Thirty-four is the number this year of people that we've turned away from our shelter. Um, so I believe our shelter is prime for growth. Um, I don't I don't want to send people to hotels. Um, I don't want to send people to other counties if we have the resources here. And so finding those resources and figuring out how we can build our shelter is going to be significant and key. Um, but also adding programming to our shelter that you know um, helps people working through these traumas. You know, I think we, we do a great job with our support groups and our therapy, but I think there are more things that we could do. And so figuring out those programmatic pieces that need to be added um, for our children, yeah. I think that's huge. I think we, we need to invest more in our children. And I know that's a touchy subject when you're dealing with survivors, they're coming in and, and they're already, you know, in a space of distrust. But once we've gained that trust, making sure that we have those resources in place for children. Housing. You know, I and I'm throwing it all out there. Like, you know, I haven't I haven't shared any of these thoughts uh, as one with anyone. So you guys are the first to hear. Um, But I I think, you know, we have the best housing coordinator in Ohio. Um, If that's the case, then we need to build the best housing program in Ohio for survivors. So uh, figuring out, you know, what are the options for transitional housing? How do we build out that program? What does that look like in the future? And you know, um, there's several other things, but I, I think those are some of the main things that I see: building that infrastructure, and building it on what we have, the programs that are here, and helping them to grow. Um, I see leadership opportunities. One of the things that I think I've I've known from day one is that we have a group of leaders here, and I don't think there are as many leadership opportunities. For the people who are here to step into those spaces, um, and so I really want to see leadership growth and development. That is one of my things. Like I love to see leaders blossom, and so um, I'm very I'm very big on that. Uh, and and we were just talking about fame and and uh, being cocky or whatever. I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound cocky, but. In the last two days, I've had conversations with people whom I have not supervised for over 10 years who are either A, just checking in with me to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm just making sure that we're on the same page. You've been a great mentor. Or B, hey, I have this person who I'm connected with I know we're all the way across the state, all the way across the country, or whatever. But I would love if you would mentor them. They really want to get into a leadership role, so I, I want to see that here. I want to see our people grow into those leadership roles, and I, I think everyone is primed for that here. So that's a long answer, but um, those are some of the things that I've been thinking about.
0: Well, Jerico, I'm really excited to have you here. Caitlin, I mean, what do you what do you think?
2: Well. I've had a great time getting to know you, but um, we are learning about what you want to do with the agency, but we don't know a whole mm-hmm. lot about you, or at least our listeners don't. And I think that you get to know a person very well about what kind of music they listen to. So what are you listening Ooh, so to right gonna now? So we're going to close this on yeah. what music genre yeah. is his. Okay.
1: Where are you well, at, that?
2: So I'm kind of eclectic.
0: I gathered that.
2: So I like contemporary gospel music. I like what I would call black gospel music. Those are two different things. And then I like hip hop, right? But hip hop is a mood, so I have to be really in the mood for hip hop. And I'm old school, so the new stuff doesn't do it for me. But sometimes I'm riding into Tupac. Mm -hmm. I might be listening to some Jay-Z. But then I'm a jazz guy too. I love listening to classical jazz when I'm coming in. And classical music, so I took a music appreciation class when I was in college, and it inter- introduced me to the Baroque period. So I come in sometimes, and I'm listening to a lot of classical music. So I, I guess I just like a lot of different types of music, and it's whatever mood I'm in. Um, this morning, I needed to be inspired because I've been, you know, ripping and running and doing the work, and you know, getting tired. So I listened to a lot of like uplifting, gospely type music since I've been here, I'm feeling great today. So when I leave, I'll probably have some hip hop on if I'm not listening to Prevention Nation on my way home.
0: Oh, I love that. Best answer. Shameless plug. Um, yeah, shameless plug. Well, Jerico we're happy to have you here as our leader and we're happy to follow you with, uh, you know, in, in the places that you're, that you are ambitious enough to take us. So we're grateful for you.
2: Well, I'm, I'm thankful to be here and I thank you guys because you've been great and welcoming me in and you know, that's that's what's going to make this an easy job.
0: Excellent. Well, listeners, uh, um, we hope you enjoyed uh, saying, uh, you know, mm-hmm. farewell to our former executive director and hello to our new executive director. And yeah. uh, stay tuned for uh, more episodes. Uh, we are planning some mental health uh, check-ins and some, uh, you know, some... Uh,
2: my pop culture moments your pop culture moments and
0: yes and we have an episode that's going to be uh coming up shortly with our lebanon public library guests so uh enjoy
1: and take care